The waiting game continues as the Houston Texans have yet to decide whether or not they're going to move forward with David Cully as the head coach. However, we have Mr. Aaron Wilson from Sports Talk 790. Hopefully, he could share some background information on what is going on. But first... <laughs> are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a hump day edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. As Cody already mentioned, we will be joined by Aaron Wilson later in the show. However, on this hump day edition of the Locked On Texans, something very interesting happened, some news that doesn't necessarily have to do with David Cully, and I know you guys can't wait to talk and see how that's going to play out. I can't either, and neither can Cody, but Cody, what's going on with the Houston Texans that can affect possibly this upcoming draft? Well, as of right now, John and I are recording this. I want to give the time and date just in case something break off at 3 o'clock in the morning because, ladies and gentlemen, I always schedule the Locked on Texans podcast to go out somewhere like 4 or 5 a.m. to make sure you guys have the full recording the whole entire day. But me and John are recording this as of right now at 6.30 p.m. on January 11th. 2022 why is that important because as of right now like david cully said on monday he is still the head coach of the houston texans however slowly but surely we are starting to get the sense that the houston texans are moving on from david cully as their head yes. coach because on yesterday i think we got a big sign because look because the jacksonville jaguars do not have a coaching staff in place they were unable to represent the AFC for the Senior Bowl. And, John, I think you're going to be representing um, be not there. only not only Locked On Texans, but you are actually going to be on the ground at the Senior Bowl. I think it's February 5th, if I'm not mistaken. The um, actual game is that weekend. I'll be okay. out there for that week getting an opportunity to scout. I can't wait to see some of those linemen out there. You know, I think that's a, a huge need mm -hmm. for Houston. And a lot of these prospects that the Houston Texans can look at throughout the round. Uh, I think last year they had the most first and second round draft picks coming out of the senior bowl mm. since the start of it. So Houston will have their pick of the litter. Hmm. Yes, sir. And why is that important? Because if for you guys who don't know, the worst team in the AFC and the NFC, they get an opportunity to have their entire coaching staff to go out there and coach the senior bowl. Now, in the NFC, that's the Detroit Lions. In the AFC, because Jacksonville Jaguars did not have a coaching staff in place, it went to the next team. And that <laughs> next team was the Houston Texans. But and wait. surprisingly, surprisingly... The Texans declined to coach the Senior Bowl, and now that honor had went to the New York Jets. John, I'm kind of having a hard time to why Nick Casario and the Houston Texans decided not to take the invitation in order to get their hands on coaching the Senior Bowl. Because as you mentioned, this means you have a clear opportunity to scout some of the best prospects 
coming out for the 2022 draft. We all know how important this upcoming draft is. And, you know, it's especially for a guy like Nick Casario, who I, I think we can all say his best attribute is scouting talent. The only logical answer as to why they de they declined the opportunity to coach the Senior Bowl for the AFC is simply due to the fact that they are moving on from David Cully. That's the only logic excuse. Nothing has been reported or confirmed, but common sense. Yeah, common sense indeed. And you're absolutely right, Cody. You you got to it by mentioning about uh, excuse me about mentioning Nick Casario's scouting background, and I think that that is clear cut his best attribute. Yeah, we can judge him in free agency all we want, but how many times have we? talked about on this show, whether it was from watching the game or during preseason or just seeing some of the fans out there watching some of these later-round picks. Hell, Davis Mills was a third-round quarterback. Roy Lopez was a sixth-rounder, right? You get Brevin Jordan and trade it for Nico Collins, who we all suspect each and every one of those guys to be a part of Houston's plan for the near future. And so you would think that he'd get not only himself, but his coaching staff and his scout department and team out there to figure out who are some of these guys that may be projected to go a certain rounds that we really need to keep our eye on. But you hit the head, the nail right on the coffin. Come around that time, maybe by Friday, which is when Nick Casario has confirmed that that's when we will hear from him, there will be no head coach. So technically, this team would not be, you know, eligible to go out there and represent the AFC as the number one, as well, not the number one team, but represent the AFC at the senior ball. And I was actually looking forward to the Texans being out there. Number one, we are the locked on Texans and I was going to lock in and lock on to the, some of those Texan guys out there, representatives and kind of figure out where their head is ahead of the draft. But common sense is common sense. And I would be surprised given everything we've talked about on the show, given my own opinions that at the Friday, David Cully, is no longer the head coach for this team. And honestly, again, it sucks. But as Brandon Cook said in his uh, exit meeting, it's a business. It's going to happen. I just think that when you miss out on the opportunity to give yourself, I think, an extra edge in seeing some of these talented players in Mobile, Alabama, that says a lot about where your focus is right now. And he's taking time to speak to the media. He's taking time to go through his exit interview meeting with David Culley. He is taking his time. So he is focused and he on, and he should. He's focused on the next phase at head coach, and we will just play the waiting game. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Bill Barr in your plans. Bill Barr is the protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than the candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. And unlike other protein bars, which can be very chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, you have that Bill Bar that has 100% chocolate, covered in 100% chocolate. You're going to want to eat it. And sometimes with those other protein bars, it can get boring. By week three, you're thinking to yourself, this is not worth it. Well, Bill Bar provides you that extra flavor, taste, and that real chocolate. Go to Bill.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, go to Bill.com and get 15% off your next order at Bill.com.
All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans. And as you see, we have our guy, Mr. Aaron Wilson. You know, I kind of consider myself plugged in on what is going on with the organization. But I don't think nobody in the city of Houston, not just with the Houston Texans, but in the NFL in general, is more plugged in than my guy, Aaron Wilson. Aaron, what's going on, my guy? Yeah, what's up, Gordon? Cody, appreciate you. Thanks for the nice uh, introduction. <laughs> no worries. So, Aaron, I got to ask you right off the bat, in your opinion uh, and what you can actually share, what is going on with the Houston Texans and whether or not they're going to bring back David Cully? Because you and I, with the rest of the Houston media, we stood there in a media scrum on Monday, and not just on Monday, but Sunday as well, after the season finale against the Tennessee Titans, every time we asked David Cully, it seemed like he was really confident about the possibility of him returning as the Texans head coach, but we haven't heard anything yet. Right. Well, it's more important not what people say. Actions speak loudest, right, Cody? So he's still the coach, and they are evaluating him. I reported early Sunday morning first reported uh, that he is under review along with the entire coaching staff. What that means is that your job is not safe. And that remains the case. Not safe. Doesn't mean that firing is a certainty. It means that they are contemplating their options. And that means when you look at the marketplace, what else can you get? Who do you have the relationships with? Who are you in alignment with? And, you know, do you feel like David Cully should come back for a second season? And while those are, you know, fairly complex questions, you know, and there's no necessarily clear cut right or wrong answer, it's just how they feel. And that means Nick Casario, Cal McNair, Jack Easterby, the people that will be, you know, discussing this and making their decision. When you think about, the whole deal with Cully. Yes, they overachieved with a deficient roster. Yes, the guys played hard. Yes, he was a first-time head coach. He also had some game management issues. I thought he improved in that category as the season went on, and you knew what he, you know, his strengths and weaknesses were going in. And I don't think they're going to be very competitive in 2022. If that's your only argument, though, for bringing him back, the above-listed reasons – that's probably not quite enough. And then it becomes what's behind door number two. Can you get someone else that you feel is a clear upgrade that can get you to the next level? And a coach does make a difference. And, you know, there were a couple games and, and again, we don't know who made every decision. Do I think that the coaching affected the, you know, the game against the New England Patriots? Yes, I do. But if you're talking about, the difference between four wins and five wins, and that's why, I don't think that's enough. And if you're going to do better with analytics and embrace them more and also run a more wide-open offense, then you see growth from him. They did make progress in the end of the season. And I don't think it's like a, like I said, not really necessarily a right or wrong answer. It's just whatever they prefer. It's their football team. One thing, too, I want to point out, Cody, is for a team to not have the decision, there's so much impatience, and I understand that. 
But for the fans and the media that feel like they have to have an answer, I want to know on Sunday, I want to know on Monday, I want to know on Tuesday as we tape this, what's going to happen. Why do they need to know? There won't be a football game played until September, a regular season game. There's a lot of time to think this over and get this right. If that takes another week or if it takes until the end of this week, I don't see how anything is lost. And then there's been a lot of, you know, people feeling bad for David Cully, as he said very strongly, don't feel sorry for me. He'll be just fine. If he's fired, he can get another job. He'll have a $4 million buyout. He will have made all the money he made this year. And he can get another assistant coaching job or he can retire. And some friends of his, they told me it wouldn't surprise them if he lost a job if he retired. He's 66 years old. There's a lot that can happen. And there's a lot of coaches that could be in the mix. I'm happy to break down all of those with you. That said, I know that for anyone that lives this and, you know, is really intensely following it, it might feel like an eternity. It has been 48 hours. And I would just say people should have a little bit of patience. I mean, I'm watching some folks, their approach to social media. I mean, need to calm down. It's been two days. I've also, I've, I've covered coaching searches before. They are more unpleasant than the firing. The firing is the ripping off of the Band-Aid. If you're a media person, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of heavy lifting. We did that a year ago. Hmm. And it takes a lot of time to get a search right. And I would expect with Nick Casario for it to be an exhaustive process, very detailed. But if there are a few coaches, if he could get, then I think they'll move on. My understanding from league sources is that there's a chance David Cully stays if those coaches are not available to the Texans or they don't feel like they can work something out. So this could go in either direction. I know everyone wants an answer, but the true answer is he could be fired, he could stay. And they ha- the fact is that, he's, that they're considering it, that's very, very substantive. That's very important because that means essentially if someone – tells you they're going to do something or they're considering they're going to do something, then you have to take that seriously. Aaron, I kind of wanted to save this answer last, but I'm going to, you know, move it up a little bit on the ladder ladder here because I know our listeners and viewers are dying to know. In a situation where the Texans could move on from David Culley, what are you hearing and what can you share about some potential candidates that can actually come in and take the helm as the Texans new head coach? Right. Well, the field of potential candidates, and this is not a vacancy yet. This is still Mm -hmm. a currently held job. I must emphasize that they would be interested in Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator, My understanding is that he wants to remain in New England at this time. Mm -hmm. And there are some other jobs, and rightfully so, that could be more attractive than the Texans. Yes, he has a background college football teammate of Nick Casario's. The Las Vegas Raiders are something to think about. The Minnesota Vikings, the New York Giants. There's a lot of jobs open. And the Texans, 
aren't necessarily the first pick for every you know job candidate. That's why they're free agents. They have freedom of choice. They can choose if they want to come. Gerard Mayo, who I wrote about last year, is someone that they have a lot of respect for and ties with the Patriots. And he is interviewing with the Denver Broncos. And I think he'll get at least one other interview from another team. So Brian Flores, who's fired from the Miami Dolphins, he'll interview with the Chicago Bears. I expect him to interview with other teams as well. I feel like Brian, you have to look closely into how he operated as the head coach with the Dolphins. And he was very combative behind the scenes. He was a big proponent of trading for Deshaun Watson, which caused friction with the management, with Chris Greer, with the owner, Stephen Ross, with Tua Tagovailoa, and it became a problem, as well as the shuffling of the coordinators, the way the players were treated. And, you know, in fairness, some, you know, wonder, is that a good fit? Is that going to be the kind of alignment that you want to have. They have a good relationship. They all worked together before, but is Flo the dude to bring in here? Or might that create some you know chemistry issues within the front office and coaching staff? So you know, you have to do your due diligence. You need to talk to Stephen Ross, you need to talk to Chris Greer, you need to talk to players. It requires some homework to be done to decide if is Brian Flores the guy, but he's definitely a strong leader and he's a winner. Uh, I think that they would have to have a very, very clear understanding of who is the boss and, you know, have that kind of clarity before he could be considered a candidate. So where does that leave you? If he's too much, if they don't feel comfortable, I don't know if they do. I don't know if they don't. But that's something that's been brought up today by a lot of people around the league. And you can you know, look at the reports out of Miami, and I've verified many of them and I've got my own information. Uh, definitely you know, a little rough around the edges, the way that he treated people with the Miami Dolphins. I can't predict what it would be like with the Texans. But I've heard great things about Gerard Mayo, an up-and-coming coach. Um, that's why I wrote about him last year. As a rising candidate, he interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles, all-pro linebacker, student of the game, very personable, leader of men, and working for Bill Belichick, obviously very well-versed in defensive strategy. You know, you already have a defensive coach in Lovey Smith, and I just would want to know what kind of staff can he put together. That's the biggest thing I like to know about coaches besides their vision is who can you get to come with you? And that'll be very interesting to see, like if it's a Flores, you know, is someone coming from Miami? Is If it's a Josh McDaniels, are they keeping a lot of the staff? Is anyone coming from New England? And if it's Mayo, can he get anyone from New England? It's hard to get coaches off of Belichick's staff in general. So that'll be all things I would watch, you know, closely. And, you know, they have, you know, good relationships with, representation for those agents i mean for those play for those coaches and for everyone involved so yeah i think they're well positioned if they want to make a change they can make it they just have to come to an understanding do you want to come back with cully knowing that year two could be it and then you're right back to this point in a year or do you rip the band-aid off now 
and feel like you're getting the coach that you want, the coach of your future and your present. And that's the decision they have to make. And, you know, whatever they come to, you know, a decision and they present it to Cal McNair and, you know, he's involved and you have to decide how are you going to go forward? You got to have a consensus and, you know, but Nick Casario, his opinion, Cal McNair's opinion, those will matter the most. Last question before moving on, Aaron, how would you evaluate David Culley here in his first season as the head coach of the Houston Texans? I understand, you know, his record wasn't the best at 4-13. and However, I would say he did exceed expectations because a lot of people thought that this was going to be a one-win team. Some people thought that this was going to be the first 0-17 team in NFL history. Right. Yeah, I didn't feel like they would. My actual preseason prediction was four or five victories. Mm -hmm. I didn't see them as deficient as others, and that's okay. Everyone can have a different opinion. doesn't mean that anyone's right or wrong. But when I look at David Culley, I do think he exceeded expectations, and he grew into the job, and he got more comfortable at a lot of the things, disciplining players delegating authority, figuring out how to manage the day, the schedule, dealing with the media, answering questions in a you know different manner, not being as uncomfortable with some questions that may have delved into, you know, business matters. Deshaun Watson was something that certainly you could see him cow away from that he didn't want to discuss that. And that became something of a, a thorny press conference thing for him and press conferences are part of it. It's a public facing job. It's not ultimately you're judged on wins and losses. They didn't quit on him. They played hard, but that's the expectation is that they will play hard and you want to make sure you have the right kind of buy-in. I think there was buy-in whether I feel like, you know, you're having a great schematic you know, situation with him. Not really, but I think, you know, you look at what kind of offense they wanted to run. His background's mostly on offense. That's what he spent the most time on. And working with Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton and the other offensive coaches, they tried to do something that absolutely did not work. But he didn't sign those running backs. It was Nick Casario that thought David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay would work. They cut Lindsay. They traded Ingram. And then they made Rex Burkhead the primary back ahead of David Johnson. Bringing back David Johnson was one of their personnel mistakes. I think he did fine. I would just say that it wasn't like he set the world on fire, but he sure didn't, you know, it wasn't a total failure. He had some growing pains as most rookie head coaches will. Very few of these guys win right away. I think that he did respectably. And he was as advertised. He's a great person that has a lot of character, good leadership, and is a unifier. And I think that guys wanted to play hard and wanted him to do well and wanted to you know, show him what they could do. By those measures, those are good things. And embracing analytics more, becoming you know, more of the modern coach and making some better decisions – he made some strides. I don't think he's all the way there. I think he would continue to get better if he's given another chance. That said, is it enough? 
and that's what they have to ultimately come to a decision. But yes, in my opinion, I think he exceeded very low expectations. Hey, Texan fans, it's Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, and I'm here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Just talking to Cody a couple of days about this, and I told him, you better make sure you download this app. It's going to save you a lot of money in the long run. And Cody does a lot of driving. If you like Cody, if you like I, I suggest go ahead and checking out the Get Upside app. I'm making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time I fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And go ahead and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college and get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Again, go ahead and download the Get Upside app. Download that app for free in the App Store and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of sports betting wagering this 2022 year. The new year, you know what they say, new year, new me, but they do have a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked on to get started. Guys, Bet Online has you covered from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. Once again, guys, we are recording this. It is now 7 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, and David Cully is still the head coach of the Houston Texans. I'm just throwing it out there just in case you guys click on this podcast and then something happened. But as you guys see in here, we have our guy, Mr. Aaron Wilson from Sports Talk 790. Aaron in an event, David Cully does remain as the head coach of the Houston Texans. What kind of shakeup can we see in regards to his coaching staff, especially the offensive coordinator and Tim Kelly? I think that staff changes are a likelihood. Whether Tim is back may hinge on you know, what they do as far as Pep Hamilton. Does Pep stay? Does Pep go to the Carolina Panthers or another team. The Panthers are the only team that's requested him as offensive coordinator so far. Could he be back if he doesn't land the job? Would he want to move on? Those are all questions that are unanswered. And for Tim, and the offense was statistically very poor. I think a lot of the offense was just designed to simply not get the quarterback killed. I mean, they ran some very conservative things at times. They didn't have a great offensive line. They didn't have Laramie Tunsil for the majority of the season because of the thumb surgery. And they didn't have a good running back to hand the ball off to. And they didn't have any explosive receivers besides Brandon Cooks. So you look at all of those factors. I'm not sure what Tim was supposed to do, but at times it looked pretty good, especially the hurry up mode against the, Titans there in the second half with uh, Davis Mills, you know, slinging it a little bit. And then, you know, the Chargers victory. And I don't know what happened to the Chargers that day, but they did not show up. And certainly 
not having Joey Bosa and Austin Eckler, major factors, but they won. But the 189 yards really does feel fluky compared to the way they normally run the football. So I have to take that as kind of a statistical anomaly. And, you know, you had Cole Toner and Jerron Christian opening big holes for Rex Burkhead and him running through them. But we never saw that for the majority of the season. So I have to go off of what I saw from the press box and what you see on the tape, which is a team that can't run the football. Mm. That said, I think there could be a change of one of those two gentlemen. You could see, you know, when you think about the defensive side, was there anyone that really jumped out in a unit that, oh, we've got to move on from him? I think people get opportunities. We often don't know the dynamic within the building, who was considered a fit, who was considered a harder worker, all of those things. So that's something that they'll make some decisions. But I don't see every single coach coming back. But that is the normal churn that you see in the NFL. Hmm. Last question before getting out of here. You mentioned Pep Hamilton, and we all know how important Pep was to the success of Davis Mills we saw, especially during the second half of the season. What can the Texans do in order to keep Hamilton on this staff? Because I'm under the belief that in order for Davis Mills to continue developing, you have to keep him with a guy he already has chemistry and camaraderie with. And, of course, a guy who already knows his play style. Okay. Well, I disagree. I don't share that opinion. Um, I feel like when you look at him, Pep did a great job with him, but there are scenarios where you could have Tim coach the quarterbacks because he's – capable of doing that. He's done that before. He's done that with Deshaun Watson. They have a comfort level too. And I never look at one assistant coach and say, well, you, you can't lose this guy. And I, I felt that way. You know, I covered Marvin Lewis when he was the Ravens defense coordinator. And that's when they had the best defense ever. And people thought the world was ending. But Ray Lewis was making the tackles. Ed Reed was intercepting the ball. So everyone is replaceable. But I just, you know, I like Pep too, but I'm just, I, I think that people are going a little far. And this offense isn't that great anyway. So if you have to change the quarterback's coach and bring in someone new, so be it. That's okay. That might happen. I don't even know if he's getting the job. He's just on the list of people they want to interview. They want to interview Bill O'Brien too. Although you really want Bill O'Brien as much after Alabama's uh, <laughs> championship, they really laid a, an egg there, you know, and then Gilded looks like he, you know, was too composed in the, in the press box. Uh, looked like mm-hmm. he's having a tight coaching booth. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't look at it like you can't, you have to keep, you have to keep Pep Hamilton or Davis Mills will regress. Davis is, you know, going to get better on his own and i think you know that's something we have to look at that was aaron wilson from sports talk 790 please remember to follow aaron wilson on twitter at aaron wilson underscore nfl like i mentioned he is one of if not the best guy who is plugged into 
everything that is going on off of 610 and Kirby. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And of course, please remember to follow my co-host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman at John underscore Hickman 12. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.